I'm Mary Angela Abeo, and this is the Face to Faces podcast, a conversation series that provides a platform focusing on the LGBTQ and POC communities and their allies in the areas of activism, politics, mental health, arts and entertainment, and community, where we discuss the human experience in our ever-changing world. The goal of this space is to remind you that while you may have moments where you feel isolated or alone, there is always an incredible community of people here that is safe. We all connect to people at our deepest pains and our greatest joys. And in this space, we're here for those moments and everything in between. I'm so glad you're here. Take a seat next to me. It's always open. Now, let's lean in. Okay. My guest today is Manav Kana. They use he, him pronouns. He is a technologist, a TEDx speaker, a healer, a spiritualist. His passion is helping people establish a deep sense of well-being in a really increasingly complex world. Manav has spent over a decade integrating teachings, practices from several spiritual and healing traditions, sciences, philosophies, and the wisdom of ancient Indian and contemporary teachers, and creates practical tools for people of all ages to help them cultivate habits of healing. He hails from India, but lives with his family in Austin. And I had the pleasure of meeting him at our TEDx event in Ohio, where we became instant friends, helping each other practice, drinking wine till late at night, getting our nerves out. And um, I'm just so excited to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Angela. It is my absolute pleasure. Can you believe it's almost been a year? Almost. I cannot. And uh, it doesn't seem like that we know each other for a year. It seems like much, much longer than that. And I'm extremely pleased to be here. And thank you to you and to all your listeners. Yes, of course. I'm excited to have you here. But what I like to do in the beginning with everyone is do a mental check-in, emotional check-in. The world is such a a very wild place right now. And, um, you know, I find that I have to do emotional check-ins with myself every morning, every day. How am I doing today? If I'm not, why? So how are you today in this space? I'm absolutely fine. Um, you know, it, ha- it has been an interesting time, as you're saying. I think... Uh, you know, I I am quite a homebody as a person, and I like to be with myself uh, most of the time. I'm my best company. Mm-hmm. So COVID for me has been a blessing in many ways. Uh, but I think I think a lot of us have struggled because um, you know COVID has really pushed us to really explore, investigate, reevaluate. You know, the, the pushing us within our homes is kind of a metaphor to say, get to know yourself better. You know, self-inquiry, self-exploration, this is probably a time for us. Uh, I know it's a struggle. It's a change in our, you know, habit patterns of the mind and the way we live our lives, or we have been over so many years. And it's a change. It's a difficult change. I know people are, of course, I mean, the health you know, aspect or, or the, the, you know, the, the threat that it has to people's health, obviously. But that aside, I think people are struggling because of 
um, you know, changing a lot of patterns and breaking old habits and forming new ones. And I think that's always difficult, but we are all bigger than our fears. And uh, I, I, I always, I always believe that. I think we are great examples of the resilience of the human mind. Uh, it's infinite, and these are times where you can really tap into that and know that and understand that and be that. And uh, so I, I hope that people, uh, you know, I, I it's, it's. Um, you know, those that are suffering, well, I hope their suffering can get alleviated if it's time where people have a lot of fears and apprehensions. I hope and wish and pray that um, they can get over them. And I, I, in my heart of hearts, I believe that all of us can. Yeah, and I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think so many of us are being forced to, especially, you know, it's it's funny because uh, they said in the beginning of this pandemic that it's not the introverts we have to worry about. It's the extrovert, extroverts, because there are so many of us like me that are an extrovert that have been forced to do the uncomfortable, to sit with ourselves, like you said. But I think within that, like you said, there's a lot of horrible things happening in the world right now, both, um, you know, virally with the pandemic, racially, racial pandemic, all of these things. But this stillness, this silence that we've been forced to kind of wrap our heads around is creating a, it's creating some healing in, in people that I think that they've never experienced before. Because even when you go to a therapist, you sit with someone and they help you yes. kind of, and, and therapy is great and all, but this is a different kind. And I know that I'm experiencing a little bit of a revolution within myself because I'm enjoying time by myself for the first time in my life, adult life. And I'm learning about myself and it's huge. But with that comes, you know, that's where your traumas start coming up. And that's where things that you have to process start coming up because they're all like, oh, I want time now with M now that she's working on things <laughs> and they all come up. So I think that, you know, these turbulent times, these times where people are dealing with so much, you know, they're whether you're dealing with problems at work, whether you're an essential worker and you're scared because you're putting yourself in danger every day, you have family members that are ill or God forbid you've had a family member die from COVID, you're not working, you can't pay rent, you're a person of color who, you know, a POC who is being, you know, traumatized daily because of the news. You know, there's so many people dealing with so many different traumas. But there has to be like a singular line of, of action that we can give to each other to help each other kind of cope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, a, a few words that, that struck me in what you just said, Angela, experiences, being with yourself. Um, let me see how, how I want to, how I want to put this across. Um, the engagement and the relationship we have with the world outside, right? Sometimes 
many a time. So, so, so I think there are there are there are there are there are two ways that engagement can happen. The engagement can be a distraction, right? It's a way uh, to distract yourself from looking at the pain that you may have within you or the parts within you that are hurt and have been hurting. And, you know, these are coping mechanisms um, of, of the human mind and the, the human experience where, you know, we don't like something. We, we want to immediately pick up the phone and start WhatsApping. You know, it's like a distraction. mechanism. So, so a lot of the sort of the outward facing, um, um, outward facing habits of the mind, right? sometimes or in many cases can also be because we want to distract just being with ourselves because to just go within and deal with the hurt and the pain and the broken parts of ourselves reintegrating those fragments is a painful process and it's a way to avoid distract shove it under the carpet look away from it and you know that's that's one reason the other is when you when you engage with the world outside of you as an extension of who you are, which means a person that is peaceful, balanced, whole, complete, loving, peaceful. And then your engagement with the world becomes a way to extend that love, peace, balance, calmness, stillness that you have within you. Right? I'm using different adjectives, but you know, there's a certain sense of wholeness that each one of us has, right? So it can be a fear-based interaction or it can be a love-based interaction. Mm. When we don't want to look within and the reason to engage with the world is because we, we fear looking within, we fear touching the painful parts of ourselves. And that's a fearful engagement we have with ourselves and a fearful engagement we have with the world as a result. Right. When you're at peace with yourself, then... That's the other more loving, peaceful, creative, um, balanced, more natural extension. You know, the world becomes an ex- a very natural extension of you, right? So in times like these, I feel, and, you know, it's always a perspective and perception and what you want to believe. And despite the pain and trouble I have as well on and off, uh, you know, just being locked up and locked in, is when I remind myself that it's an opportunity me to heal and reintegrate those parts of me that are in discomfort or those really long forgotten parts of me that I haven't looked at in years. Mm. Um, You know, in the field of healing, we, um, we all tell people we work with that, you know, every painful feeling every fearful feeling, every uncomfortable feeling is a part of you. And instead of just saying that, we take, I mean, at least I take it a step forward and I say that it's like your own child, crying, mm-hmm. bawling, um, seeking your attention, knocking at the door of your house and saying, let me in. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we can reparent the grief, the trauma, the discomfort, the sadness, the sorrow, the suffering that we have been carrying, which we haven't looked at, can I look at it as if it's my own child wanting to come sit in my lap, 
that part of me that is hurt and broken and untended to for many, many years, maybe lifetimes sometimes, can I take care of it right now? And why not? And this is, a, I think, you know, the, the current scenario is forcing us to go inwards and get all those parts of us, those fragments of us that are broken and that we haven't looked at and we haven't looked at because it's so painful right. to even touch them or retouch them that we want to distract ourselves. I want to go do my job. You know, I want to get into an addictive, you know, relationship with a substance or a person. And, right. you know, I want to just be busy. You know, I want to be busy because going in the opposite direction is painful. But nobody... And no one else is going to take care of all those parts. And we have to. And that's what healing is about. And I think that's yeah. what, um, I, um, It's interesting, the child um, scenario that you gave me, because I recently was working through, um, I wouldn't use the word forgiveness. I just had a situation with someone that I was carrying some resentment for. Um, and I found myself comparing them and the the way that I let go of it was I found myself comparing them to my daughter and told myself if this was Madison and she did this to someone else would I want that person to hate her or would I want that person to understand who she is what she has and what she hasn't uh, experienced in her lifespan yet Yes. And the fact that she is not a, you know, I, I, I look at myself at the age of 45 as like a seasoned uh, cast iron skillet. I have a, a certain level of seasoning because I've gone through life longer than Madison. And so I feel like I can attribute that to other people. Maybe their seasoning just isn't as extensive or they haven't gone through what I've gone through. And so I was able to release that resentment for this person because I was able to say, would I want the person that Madison wronged to hate them? Or would I want them to understand her makeup and what she's experienced and what she hasn't? And that was a really great way of, for me. Now, you know, this hasn't extended to some of my other things that I need to release, obviously, but it was very easy in the form of a friend, you know what I mean? For me to go, oh, I can't hate this person. This is their experience. It's different than mine. And so, but I think it's interesting to use those as feelings to use that same kind of, I didn't think of it that way. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. You know, people think meeting pain is going to be a painful experience, but it necessarily doesn't have to be. If you have the right tools, if you have the right strategy or the right mindset, then um, meeting pain can actually be a, a relatively less painful experience or, or even painless in some ways. But the thing is that when you, when you meet your pain, you know, the mind will, you know, tell you, oh, it's going to be painful or, you know, just touching pain is a painful experience. So avoid it, you know, okay, later on, and then you forget about it and you've shoved it under the carpet for years. But going through it may seem painful, for a second or a few seconds, or sometimes it can last even longer. But, uh, you know, we have immense capacity and resilience to, to heal. And I think going through 
grief, pain, trauma, stress, I think teaches you about resilience. And if you have somebody holding your hand in the process, like a healer, therapist, friend, by all means, go out and get that help. Because ultimately, you'll realize that when you, when you, when you reintegrate that pain back, then it's, uh, uh, you know, the most freeing experience that you can ever have. You know, you a you realize that you were so much bigger than this thing that you've been avoiding for years, and you know, this was actually a part of me that I haven't been listening to. And I've been going to people and I've been seeking attention from, from other people and I've been doing all kinds of crazy things, but I haven't given attention and love to myself. Mm. And, and I think that is, um, you know, that is, that is what reintegrating these painful children of yours back into yourself teaches you about your, your inherent capacity and potential to to love and to heal and to and to just be you know the still peaceful being that that all of us are and i think right. it, it it takes you there so it, you know it's it's a cliche of sorts that pain is your portal to your greatness but but it truly is yeah i think i think you hit something on the head there when you talked about soothing and self-soothing because i know it's something that I was never taught. And, and maybe it's because our parents were taught something by their parents or the generations just weren't as sensitive to uh, what a child needs. But I know growing up, having been bullied horribly, I what I needed was I needed a parent that when I came home and said, X, Y, Z happened, this happened to me and it was horrible. I needed a parent that sat with me and said, I am so sorry that happened to you. How horrible. That must have really hurt your feelings. Now, here's how you can battle these dragons. But instead, I got a lot of dismissiveness. I got, you know, here you is... You need to be strong. Yeah, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And they're, they don't, you're, they're just jealous of who you are. And there was just no acknowledgement. And so... We are definitely uh, at a point now where now as an adult, I'm seeking validation for people when, from people when things hurt as an adult. And instead, I need to be able to look at myself within and say, that was hurtful. That was really shitty that you had to go through that. And so my therapist is now teaching me to do that. But I don't think we were all given those tools, especially those of us with boomer parents, because yeah. we were taught to not sit in that. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't either, Mary Angela. I had, I, I, you know, thanks to, you know, it started with Reiki, actually. I learned Reiki 12, 13 years ago. And that's when I, that's, and it, it was happenstance. I just met somebody, it seemed very interesting, but it has, started my journey in such a fantastic way. I don't know what I did. It's just God's blessing or whatever. And, and that's, that's, that's when I learned, you know, it's like mid thirties. Mm. And, uh, so I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, no, I think, I think, um, 
you know, you go through you when you're process. You know, when I, for example, started processing my own sort of conditioning from childhood, the shoulds and the should nots, right. and, you know, all of that. You know, you go through that journey where you say, "Why didn't you?" You know, you you're thinking about your parents and you're like, "Why didn't you? How could mm-hmm. you not?" And you know, I, I I've come back a long way to to really understanding that. Um, I, I, I believe everyone's doing the best that they can do in the situation that they can. So, you know, our parents did the best that they could, you know, knowing what they knew. And uh, they, they didn't, you know, the thing is that it, today, for example, even if somebody is being mean to me, for example, right? In a lot of ways, sometimes, you know, my mind will start that chatter and say, how, how can you? And, you know, how can you not mm-hmm. see that you're causing me grief and pain or suffering or whatever? But then a part of me also steps back and says, if they knew better, they would do better. You know, right. so it leaves you with the choice to be free, <clears throat> uh, to, 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 you know, create freedom for your, for your own self in a situation like that. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, to each is our own, but we, we, you know, that also opens up in your mind, um, you know, the way you welcome the, your painful children, you can welcome the pain uh, that your parents and your ancestors right. may have inherited from their parents and their ancestors. Right. Because they probably did not know how to take care of their own thoughts and feelings and their own inner world. And therefore they couldn't teach us. And, uh, you know, I, and I, and I think ultimately, uh, you know, going, going inwards within us, it, it is meant to free you. So right. if you go within and you feel that there's a lot of anger and anxiety, and some, sometimes that's part of the process, but in the longer term, it is meant to, you know, heal you, to free you, and uh, find ways to, to free yourself from, from the resentments or you know the, the right. anger that you may have. But sometimes uh, I also want to mention this that you know I may I may be sounding as if I'm high up there, and um, you know when when somebody's pain is so real to them, it's difficult to, to. Um, get freedom from it you and um, I know you mentioned about someone that you had resented and maybe let's do a little bit of work whenever if you if you yeah no I want to and but I wanted to give that a precursor because I do feel like I represent a community of people that have experienced a lot of trauma and a lot of abuse and I think um I know that my, I was triggered when you were saying, you know, they just didn't know better. And I think those of us that have been traumatized and abused by a narcissist or have been sexually assaulted or have some, have had a violent um, assault or something happen to us, it's so hard to wrap our heads around the idea that they were just doing the best they could. It's so hard. And so, but I get, I know where you're coming from. And so my intelligence knows, but my 
hurt the child inside of me doesn't. And so that's my thing that I, I deal with. But I actually recently, and I don't know if I ever told you this story, Manav, I um right after, right before, sorry, right before the quarantine, probably five days before, I was invited to this Reiki group of healers that are all friends and they practice on each other to keep their senses clear. And they were practicing on each other. And I consider myself a healer in many ways, as far as trauma, as far as being able to talk to people and create safe spaces. And I've been told that I have healing powers in my hands, but I've never been trained to do Reiki. And I actually, the one person that held my hands that was an old uh, Native uh, Native American healer held my hands and he looked at me and he said, don't ever get training, just use them raw. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but okay. So anyways, I went to this Reiki and I was broken. I had had a lot of things happen in my life just within that week. And this man, this kind of 70 plus uh, black man who is a shaman and a Reiki healer was leading this group. And he kind of did like an opening meditation for us and then started to break us into groups to do these, these practices. And he asked me if I had ever laid hands on somebody before. And I said, yes, but it's, it hasn't been an official Reiki um, thing. And, and he just kind of touched my hand. And then he looked up and he goes, I would like to be in your group. And he said, um, I think you have a lot to release. And so, and I had never had... I'd had Reiki done on like my legs before on like I was, I had a knee injury, but that was the extent. And so I was there with a friend who is a very talented um, Reiki artist and um, healer. And then two other people, this man and someone else. And we were in this room and he looked at me and he said, I want you to go first. I want you to lay on the table. And all three of these people laid their hands on me at the same time. And Manav, I am not I am a cynic of all cynics. Like I don't believe in woo woo. Like, and I'm also earthy witchy. So I have both sides. You have both Anyways, sides. I know that. They laid their hands on me and she, they, they didn't, she was the only one that touched me because she's my friend and she knew I was comfortable. And mm. she put, uh, her name's Lashana. She was actually on the podcast in the beginning when I started it. Anyway, she put her hand here and she put her hand on my abdomen and when I say that I immediately burst into tears and my body started to shake and she was, she left them there for about 10 minutes and then she lifted them and said, I don't know if you can handle much. She goes, there is so much there. And yeah. afterwards, and then I slowly started to calm down, but I still cried the entire time. And they worked on me for like over 30 minutes. And then afterwards we all took turns. And so I was able to do work on all of them and practice and it was great. And then afterwards this shaman came to me and he said, listen to me. I don't think you have any idea how powerful you are. I felt it. You have powers that you're not even close to tapping into. And let me tell you why there is something very old that you have not let go of. I don't know what it is, I don't know who it is, what it has to do with, but there's something very old that you need to release and let go of because once you do, your powers are going to skyrocket. Yeah. And it was the most incredible thing anybody's ever said to me because I was like, he sees something huge. He saw my brother there. He saw this entity. He didn't know anything about me. He had never met me. And so the fact that he knew that I had something and I knew exactly what he was talking about. And that was my mother who I 
talk about all the time. And I, um, I even want to take the word mother away from her because I don't feel like she deserves that word. Um, okay. and, uh, yeah, so that's, I think I've released, I I'm, I'm still holding on to things with random people in my life that I've had issue with, but I have a grasp on those things and I'm working through them myself. Does that make sense? But this one, there's does. a lot of anger. Yeah, it absolutely does. So I want to, I want to, you know, uh, comment on a few things that you mentioned, Mary Angela. So, so one thing is when I said, you know, they're doing the best that they could. If I had to rephrase that or paraphrase that, I'm, I'm not in, in no way. I mean, I can understand the pain and the suffering and the trauma. Uh, somebody who's undergone sexual abuse, um, uh, you know, goes through. Uh, if you if you remember, there was a, there was an incident in my TED talk about this girl who had been abused by her mm. father. So I mean it. It's absolutely heart-wrenching and heart-rending the amount of pain somebody has gone through. But when I say that, you know, they they did the best they could. In other words, what I meant is only a person who hasn't been able to address the pain that they may be carrying within themselves could inflict a pain like this on someone else mm -hmm. because they, they don't know how to handle the pain and the burden that they may be, the, the resentment or the hatefulness inside them, the fears inside them. They don't right. know how to take care of them. That's what I meant. But they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they do the best they can do with, they, they don't know how to address it. Right. Um, the, the other thing that I want to mention, you know, about your healing experience, as you, as, as you mentioned, you know, where, where there was, this burden that you were carrying in your in your belly and in your in your heart. Mm. Um, well, you know the the I wanted to refer to the comment I made earlier where I said you know take the help of a healer if help is sometimes that burden can be very heavy. Take professional help, and that's really because scientifically, at least in the field of psychology and psychotherapy, uh, people who've studied psychology formally and neuroscience. Um, and that, that's where the world of energy and healing and neuroscience and psychotherapy sort of, you know, uh, are interwoven across paths. Um, that energy is so painful, mm. that trauma, that grief that we carry, right? And we, we cannot address it. We cannot understand it. We cannot um, take care of it because it is such an excruciatingly painful experience. Right. But what happens is when we don't take care of it, it goes into the basement of our body and the mind. It's still stored somewhere in our body and the mind, right? In your case, you felt it released from the heart. Mm -hmm. Many of us who have had traumatizing experiences, that pain is somewhere there in the body and the mind. It is still a load that you're carrying on your back but you haven't turned around and looked at it and you don't even realize that that's a burden and a load that you're literally dragging, a cartload of pain that you're dragging. Right. And, uh, you know, which is why my earlier comments may have sounded like, you know, I'm talking about from here, but, uh, you know, you can take care of those pains and burdens you're carrying. Initially, when sometimes you do not trust your own inner power and the 
you know, the infinite beings that we are. Um, you have people like your healer friends walk into mm-hmm. your life to yeah. show you that mirror and to become the via media, the channel for your healing. They, they are outward manifestations or reflections of your own infinite being coming to you as a friend in another form, another person outside of you. Right. And they just become a way to, you know, God's infinite being that is inside you as much as inside them and me and everyone else to just remind you and say, go in. Well, and I I definitely think that was just, we, we chipped a little bit off the iceberg that day in that group. I mean, the, the intensity in which it came out, the, I've never had my body react that way to anything. I think there's also something to be said about, um, hands on Reiki. And, you know, I think there's something very personal and intimate when someone touches an area of your body in silence and just sits there and, and transfers energy. I think that was also very emotional to me. It was like, there's a person that cares touching me right now and giving me and taking energy off me. And so it was very emotional in that way too. But again, you know, the, um, the knee-jerk reactions, the anger, the resentment is still there, but it. I think. Um, I think it probably took away some of my grief, my grief around losing a mother, around not having that maternal figure that I needed in the way that I needed it. And I think that that was the. That's been that weighs more heavier than anything is being able to kind of release that level of kind of sobs, that childhood sobs that I experienced that night. Yeah, it's like you brought that painful child, that unattended painful child back into your heart where 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was longing for a parent to do that to it. So you kind Mm -hmm. of, and you know, it's like, that part of you is expressing the grief through you and, and letting go because the grown-up you has given it home. Mm. That, chat, that five-year-old, seven-year-old, ten-year-old Mary Angela has been given home in the heart of the 45-year-old. Right. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I often will commiserate with friends that have also experienced sexual assault or, or a parenting situation that was hard on them and um, I, I hear the same thing resonating with them, which is, well, if this wouldn't have, have happened, I wouldn't be like this. Or I, I'll even hear, you know, well, why, do, why is nobody addressing this? You know what I mean? And, and I think that there's a, you know, I recently was kind of, I, I think you saw the post that I made about my um, body image and how I was raised to not care about myself and not um, be happy with what I looked like and not feel beautiful. And I'll tell you what, I immediately have had um, I two or three blood family members see the post and immediately unfollow my social media. And it's, it's, they just don't want to, you know what I mean? And so we're, we're traumatized all over again by family members that um, gaslight and dismiss mm. situations. And so I find myself regressing when that happens and I get like, oh, of course this is happening. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to acknowledge the abuser. They just want to 
question the abused or dismiss. And so, you know, those are the feelings that I need that I think a lot of us would love some tools and figure out how to get past because it's really easy for me to bring up anger and resentment for my mom or for people in my family that I feel like have been abusive because I'm doing the work now. So they're just coming up. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's it, the sadness and grief is, was easier to come out than the anger. Yeah, I know. And, and anger probably comes out in, uh, in uh, un, un, unconscious ways more than probably sadness and grief, uh, grief does. So I know, I know you mentioned uh, uh, about your, your mom. So mm. let's, let's talk a little bit about that. And yeah, sort of for sure. I'm open. Through. I'm open to yeah. it. I want to show people what you do, but I also want to experience it myself. So works through. Yeah, this is this is going to be more of a counseling set, you know, counseling session, but teaching you how to explore, investigate, inquire into your own feelings. Mm. Um, you know, uh, an actual therapy session or healing session would be very different. Probably similar to the Reiki session that you spoke about earlier. Um, I want I want you to go back to a very real memory of an incident where your mom may have said something, done something that elicited that kind of a reaction in you that you now resent. Okay. Oh, I already have it in my head. <laughs> so if you don't mind, tell us. Oh, you want me to share it? Okay. Um, if, if you I, can, or yeah, whatever of course. You can share. I um, was, my birthday is very close to Christmas. It's two days before Christmas and grades um, and school grades were always a very big deal in my family. And I was not good in school. I probably averaged a B minus C average my whole, you know, uh, school career. I just didn't like school. I wasn't a fan. I was heavily bullied. So that's part of it. Um, And Report cards come out right before the holiday break for school. And so one of the rules was if we got a C on our report card, our birthday parties were canceled. And so I was always screwed in this situation because my report card came out right before my birthday. And there is a photo of me. I think I was probably turning 11, 10 or 11. And I'm sitting in front of a birthday cake. And I remember this moment so clear. And what's wild is I don't remember a lot of childhood memories. I don't have a lot of, my sister and I are the same. We have a lot of spots in our memory, but this one is very clear. My sister sitting on one side of me, my brother on the other, there's a birthday cake in front of me. There is one present and my mom is behind me with a very stern face and a brush. She has just brushed my hair. And she's just told me to smile for the camera and act like I was happy because my, I had had to tell my friend base that my party was canceled because of my report card. And then I was forced to have a birthday party with my brother and sister and my mom telling me to look happy for the camera. And I remember being so, I I felt so um, uh, betrayed I felt like I didn't matter, like this important day. And to this day, ask anybody, birthdays are a big deal to me mm-hmm. because I didn't, I, I was, that was used as a tool to punish me. Punish you. And it was so traumatizing because I remember, 
I, I, I honestly think that was a turning point for me of rebellion. I honestly remember looking into that camera and I didn't smile. And if you look like she's pissed off because I didn't smile because she brushed my hair and she was just wanting a picture for the family. And I refused. I wasn't going to smile. I was mad. And yet I was not allowed to be mad. I was not allowed to talk back. I was not allowed to say I deserve a birthday party or I would have been smacked in the face. Absolutely uh, grounded. No talking back was allowed ever. So let's that go was back. a moment let's, that represents a lot. Yeah. Let's go back to that birthday table with the cake and your mom standing behind you. And, and you're mad and you can't, you're not allowed to be mad. No, not at all. Well, I mean, I, my behavior was I was mad, but I just had to bite my tongue. I was not able to say anything. So, so just be there in that scene for me mentally and mm. sort of step fully into it. How old were you? I, I had to have been 10 or 11. 10 or 11. So step into that body. Ooh, I'm, you're going to make me cry already. <laughs> step into yeah. that body. Yeah. And ju- just, just follow my lead here, okay? And now tell me what's going on in the body. Where do you feel that inability to express your resentment? Tell me where it is. Just right in my chest. Go to the heart of it with your breathing. Go to the with heart my of breathing? it. Well, just go to the heart of it. Just with your intention, with your attention, with your awareness. And allow, you know, that, that pain in your heart is frozen right now. So we need to thaw it a little bit. Yeah. Just by visiting it, you can thaw it. So I need you to go right to the core of that energy in your heart. And tell me what it feels like. Describe to me characteristics. Um, Shape, size, texture, color, temperature. Don't think about it. Just just how it feels. Just keep going. uh, It feels very lonely. It feels like there's an echo. It feels like there's not. It feels like foggy. It feels like nobody is seeing me in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. How, it feels how, like it's how, being up. How big or small it is in size? Tell me the sensations, Mariangela. Um, it feels tender. Mm-hmm. It feels um, almost like, you know, when, you're, um, when your foot is falling asleep, but it hasn't fallen asleep all the way. Mm. It feels tingly. It feels like I'm losing feeling in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels... It feels very cold. Yeah. So give it all the warmth and the aliveness that that part of you needs and hasn't been given since you were 10 or 11. Yeah. So maybe just close your eyes, put both your hands on your heart. That part of you that hasn't been touched by anyone, that pain, your hands are just symbolic. I need you to fully bring that pain alive. And allow it to expand. It's lying frozen, unattended, in a forgotten remote corner. But now is the time to bring it alive. Bring it to the forefront. And now is the time to take care of it. And just, just with your intention, with your feeling, just with your feeling, just flood it with love. 
just drench it with all the love that you have in you. Not anyone else's love, not your mom's love, not your sister's love, your own love. Keep doing it. You need to sit in that frozen, forgotten pain. And you have to welcome it and make it sit in your lap or you sit with it. Whatever you wanted your mom to do that day, I need you to do that to that pain right now. You need to sit with it. I feel like I need to give myself a birthday party for a 10-year-old. <laughs> do it. Do it. I, I, will, I will tell you, do it. And uh, even if nobody else attends, only you attend, <laughs> do it. Just do it for that reason. And so, so what my recommendation to you or anyone in a similar situation would be is to take the lead. I mean, obviously, people can reach out to me if they want to work one-on-one. I'm most right, right. To help them. Um, but this is how you tap into your broken parts and take care of them. So the steps once again, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I would have done this in maybe 30, 45 minutes, but this was yeah. a sneak peek. You, you can now do this on your own or with the help of a friend. The first thing is remember as what happened to you in your Reiki session, what I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. All these traumas, feelings of suffering, particularly feelings, feelings of loneliness, trauma, suffering, anger, resentment. These are all stored as networks of sensations in the body. The uncared for, unattended feelings, the burden of these big and difficult feelings is stored as a network of sensations in the body. Mm. So... Rather than when the mind gets carried away, she did this, that one did that, you know, long, st- I'm, not, I'm not talking about right. sort of daily quarrels or whatever, but long standing sort of core issues in life, as you said, your friend, the, the shaman pointed out to you that, you know, there is this one big thing that you need to release. We all have these one or two big core sort of existential issues, yeah. uh, particularly related to, you know, really close relationships or people who may have done us emotional, physical harm, stored in the body somewhere. Mm. So we went back to the memory, tried to bring the feeling alive, and then the sensation will come alive in the body. Go to the heart of that sensation in the body, soothe it, breathe into it, flood it with love, just with feeling, intention, care, a big, gigantic, infinite heart, bring it in. Let it show up. Mm. Sit with it. Marinate in it. Marinate it with love. Drench it. Permeate it. Wash it with all the love that you can inside of you should be poured out into it. The love 
that that child or that person that in many cases may have been a teenager or younger you needed from another parental figure or another person another friend that you did not get back then do that for you what if somebody it, asks you how to do that what if somebody says i don't know how to do that i don't know how to give that back to myself i'm saying i i was just able to get myself to that place and i now am building things in my head that i should deal with in you know in order in from that situation because i still like you know that's a celebration of my life that i did, that i cannot get back and so but you know what if somebody can't doesn't know how to grasp that is there a way if they're like how do i give that to myself does it what does it look like you you do exactly what we did that's one way of doing it right so like i said just go to the part of you that has love and let that feeling rise and envelop and drench and permeate it if you don't know how to do that you need to do something more tangible something more physical with children even right. with adults i i will keep a toy in the room or a cushion and i would say this is your pain hug it mm. you know so if you can't do it as a mental emotional inner experience kind of an exercise right. do, it a, do it as a tangible physical experience anger hey angela do the same thing mm. go back to the situation let the anger rise don't don't short change yourself in the process let it rise fully but make sure you're not driving you're in a room you're just by yourself keep an empty plastic mineral water bottle mm. and crush it with all your might mm. that and you tell yourself that this is it between me and this anger and you crush it and you twist it and you crumple it and you just just completely destroy that bottle with your anger let it out you keep a piece of paper and you tear it apart like you know do whatever it is that you need to release that energy we are releasing that energy when yeah someone once we, told me to scream to a pillow yeah scream into a pillow um I I feel crushing something when you're angry mm. like you really want to mince your teeth together that kind of anger take a plastic bottle mm. and take another one and take another one and take another one and do it for for a few days because you know remember you're not doing this because you still feel like a victim of what the other person has done to you you are doing this is between you and you Right. This is between you and you deciding that I have had enough of carrying the burden of this anger and this resentment inside me. It is enough. It is not about you know getting back at whoever did that to you. It's about you taking care of you. Well, It's and that's the thing is I actually you. had a quote that I found recently that said You need to forgive the situation not because the person deserves to be forgiven but because you deserve to be freed from it. And I think that is that hit me in a different way because I think so many people even in my family over the last 
two decades have said, you need to forgive your mom. You know, and, and for me, it's like, don't tell me, you know, when it's time to you forgive. You need to forgive your she feelings towards her. Right. Because I think for me, it's like, she does not deserve that. She does not deserve this. She does not deserve to have communication with me, to have any contact with me. And it's not about that. And that's what the shaman looked at me and he said, she doesn't even have to know you forgave her. It has nothing yeah. to do with her. It has nothing to do with her, really. And I was like, you don't even uh, have to like all those people. You know, a lot of people confuse forgiveness with forgiving somebody or some situation. No, forgiveness is you releasing your burdensome thoughts and feelings about that past. You decide that it's enough. Okay, another perspective, Mary Angela. This 10-year-old Mary Angela and what happened to her, right? Who has who's carrying that resentful mm. feeling? Who's carrying yeah, it today when we me, were speaking? Just me, just me, yeah. Just you. So if others can't be kind towards you, can you be kind towards you? Yeah. And you're being kind towards yourself by taking care of those feelings. Right? And that's how you forgive. You don't forgive other people. You don't have to if you don't want to. If you, you don't have to like them. You don't have to love them if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. But you can be kind to yourself. You can release, re relieve yourself from these burdens. Right? And, and I'm not saying the, the onus always lies on the person who's carrying the burden. Yes, ultimately the onus lies on them because they decide but once you've decided, take the help of a therapist, a healer, some counselor, or uh, if you can do it, do it yourself. But, you know, you have to make that decision one day and say, I don't deserve to carry this resentment inside. And do you think it's helpful to go through each situation that you can remember and release those separately? Because now in my head, I'm like... Um, like my yeah. sexual assault, my mom's response to that was so hurtful. And I think that um, like being able to sit in that space is going to be helpful for me. Yes. One at a time. Okay. Don't yeah. do all at the same time. Once you feel, you know, the situation that we spoke about today, if you keep doing this at least for a week and you feel that that burden has left you, Take a few days break, then work on the next one. Mm, okay. Not not all at the same time. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I I'm would, definitely a multitasker. That's a good suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> be, be, be kind to yourself one at a time. Thank you, Mano. That was so great. And I think that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are going to resonate with that and be able to use those tools. Because I think while the world is acknowledging our need for guided therapy or counselors or even medication, depending on us and healers, because we all have some sort of trauma. I don't think the world of medicine and the world of, of, you know, there, I don't think they're interested in us learning to do this ourselves because it takes away their need for a lot of other things, but I think it's such a good tool. These are all great tools. I mean, uh, I, I wish, you know, we, we were talking about baby baby boomers, our parents not teaching us those. No, nobody teaches these skills in school or at homes. And I, and I feel that, that everyone deserves to 
to, to, you know, these are coping mechanisms. I mean, not even coping mechanisms. These are just, you know, surviving and thriving mechanisms. This is who we are. And we are never we we are never taught how to understand who we really are. I think you know one thing is the person that we are and our relationship to the world outside of us, but deep down, who we are is our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and we don't have a good way of understanding, knowing, identifying that, and then going beyond one level deep deeper is consciousness. And I think right. you know these are steps taken one at a time, but I think. Yes, we 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 all deserve to to have skills and learn learn these tools. Well, you and know, now so- we're in an age of uh, the new generations. We're in an age of consent, accountability, um, really being therapized and counseled more than any generation before. And so, even with my own daughter, I'm finding now that. I'm taking accountability for my mistakes. I'm apologizing. I'm putting in new boundaries. The boomers didn't know anything about boundaries either. Like I didn't, I learned boundaries in my thirties. And so having this new kind of a relationship with my child, adult child, she's an adult, um, is so great because I'm able to do things that I never experienced from my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm able to say, I was actually very wrong and I'm so sorry that I crossed that boundary with you. And I'm going to do a better job. I would give a million dollars to hear my mom say that. And you know, Mary Angela, the most beautiful thing is when you do this for your daughter, you've healed a part of your mom that was going to live in you. Oh, for sure. And I also have family members that love me enough that know my mother that when I do slightly slip into that place, they will lovingly tell me, you know who you sound like right now. And I will quickly jump out of it because I'm like, oh shit, I don't want anything to do with that. But that's how fast it happens. You're right. Like there's a part of me that will just fall to that because that's all I know. All your ancestors are in you right now. Right. So when, when you decide to take a different approach towards parenting your daughter and taking care of her, you are healing all of them. Yeah, I'm create. I want to create it's, a new. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a lineage. If you right. believe that life is in a continuum, yeah, and your birth and death is not the end of you and the life that is running through you, then whatever you're teaching or passing on to your daughter, she's going to pass. It's you mm. living through you living through your children and grandchildren and so right. on and so forth. So, you we we are all just healing ourselves all the time. So next time your family members remind you that you're sounding like sounding like your mom, send her a blessing before you snap out of that behavior and say God mm. bless you. God well, bless can I say you uni- universe? Universe bless you. I it's yeah, better than God. Okay, good. Yeah. I, <laughs> You know, for me, yeah, I hesitate using the word God, but for me, that that's what it means. God, right. universe, life, right. uh, life, that's life. That's the reality. Well, so, I, I want to, uh, I want to move into some lightning round questions with you. Let's go for it. Um, and then at the end, we'll, we'll share your website with people and you can tell people how to find you online. 
Um, first question is, what is your favorite swear word? It doesn't have to be in English. Oh, yeah. Well, or it can be. Everybody's is fuck, pretty much. I have a story to tell. Can I? Can I interrupt? Yes, you? please. Yes? Okay. So I think our daughter was four and a half. So she had started speaking by then, since you know the backstory. Mm-hmm. She wasn't speaking full sentences till she was three. So India, I don't know if you've ever been to India, you, you've seen the, you know, how the traffic can be in big cities. Yes. Like that, you know, it, yes, it's it's like, it's crazy. There are no rules, right? And the fact that there are no rules, that's how we all survive, I think. So my wife was driving and I'm sitting next to her and, you know, another rash driver sort of cuts through her and, you know, and she uses the A word, she says, asshole. Okay. And the four and a half year old sitting in the back seat is, uh, is listening. A few days later, a similar situation happens and another driver cuts through, uh, you know, the lanes and sort of zips past my wife and kind of not, you know, a a scary overtake. And my wife just rolls down her, you know, window and she's looking at him and staring at him and the three, four-year-old from behind taps her on the head and says, Mama, asshole. Wow. (laughs) I love that. So yeah, swear words. Yes. Everyone has them. Yeah. <laughs> Four year olds have them too. But anyway, yeah. I love that. I yeah. <laughs> All right. The next, next question try. is uh I I find music very soothing or reading a book, especially if I'm having like anxiety. And I don't know if you have get anxiety over anything because you're just like such a calm person. But is there any music that you're listening to right now or a book that you're reading that you really love that really brings you back to where you need to be in those moments? Um, You know, I'll tell you a couple of books. Uh, One is a book called Zen Flesh, Zen Bones. Mm. And it's a book of Zen parables. And Zen parables tend to be really short and pithy. And, you know, they drive home. uh, Writing it down. Yeah. the, The point across like in four or five or 10 lines, like, and the beauty of Zen stories is that they are about paradoxes, Mm. right? And it's open-ended. And when the mind can't go here and the mind can't go there, the mind sinks, it collapses. It brings you to sort of a zero mind state. So if I'm really anxious or um, overwhelmed by the world around me, and it happens a lot, um, that's my, that's a book that I always, you know, even when I'm traveling, you always find it in my backpack. Wow. And, yeah. So I, 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 I do that. Um, music. I, I like all kinds of, um, you know, very soothing music. It's usually playing, um, at home all the time. Uh, but there is, um, there is an, a very old CD that I have. It, it for lack of a better title, I don't think it was formally ever produced as an album, but it's called Tibetan Incantations. Mm. Tibetan Incantations. Yeah. And I bought it on a beach in Goa, I think maybe like 18 years ago. Wow. And that's my most favorite CD. I think it has it's it, a, and it hasn't run out. I can't believe it's still working after that long. Oh, it's it's all it's all over. It's it's in YouTube. And you know, it's now, I mean, a lot of people, I think. Oh, right. have that music, but nobody knows who's the producer, who the singers are. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my favorite go-to. Wow, I so, love that. 
Okay, so if you could name two people that have inspired you to be who you are today, but they can't be straight, heterosexual white men. <laughs> That's my only rule. Um, well, I have to say, uh, you know, I, I learned Reiki very early on in my journey, um, well, not very early on, but 13 years ago. And I learned it from two people, but uh, the one person I learned it from the second time around was, uh, her name is Mrs. Lamba. She mm -hmm. is now 86 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. She lives in New Delhi with her husband, both of them are Reiki masters. And I think they introduced me to healing um, the way I understand it today. And I think that gave me the foundation of who I am and, you know, my thoughts, my belief systems as a human being, I think it started from what I learned from, from them. Mm -hmm. So so she's one person I would like to, to, to mention here. The second one, um, the second one is a bit, I'll, I'll say, you know, many, many, uh, many spiritual masters who I found along the way after I started learning Reiki. And I think I want to mention uh, Ramana Maharishi, he is an, an Indian sage um, who passed away into the age of, ages, I think, in the 1930s. Mm. But um, his teaching is non-duality or Vedanta, as it's called in India, but basically saying um, there is only life or universal God, nothing else. Mm. And uh, Non-duality means not two, everything is one. Right. And I think that's that's also a philosophical foundation and a spiritual foundation I have when I do healings or when I'm talking to people about taking care of their broken parts and bringing them right. all in, integrating them and reintegrating them is to not have any separation between right. who we are and the different parts of who we are, you know, that make us up, make us all up. Right. Who we are. So... It's um, Ramana Maharishi. I think for, for me, he is actually like God. I wow. Look up look up his picture if you can find it on the internet and look okay. at his eyes and you, you will hopefully identify or understand what I'm, what I'm yes, saying. Yes, I will. Those are the two. I love that. Okay, my last question. If you could go back in time and have lunch with yourself... What age would you be? What would you tell yourself? And more importantly, what would you two eat together? I think, yeah, the two of us would, I'm still a foodie as I used to be. Um, mm -hmm. So I think both of us would, foodies will have a good Italian meal. Oh, nice. Okay. Italian is my favorite. Uh, is it? Cuisine, yes. Okay, and good to I know. know when, when, when COVID's uh, gone and I'll see you in Seattle. Or yes, please. Yes. Have a good Italian meal. Um, yeah, we'll have an Italian meal. And what I would say to what age would it be? I think, you know, it could be six. It could be 16 or 17, both those ages. And I think I would just say that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. Yeah. I Even if you're that. suffering and crying and in pain or in agony, it's okay. You'll yeah. 
you'll be fine. You know, that's what the heart tells us. That's what God, the voice of God, I won't use the voice of God, voice of the universe. Mary right. Yeah. A voice of life. You know, the monkey mind will keep telling you how bad you are. It'll criticize you. It'll cr- criticize other people. You know, that's the voice of ego in us, the critical voice. Right? But there is a small, still voice, which, which I call the sweetheart or our heart. Right? And that small, still voice somewhere in the background is always saying, keep going. It's okay. You'll be fine. It's fine. So I learned to listen to it, and I think all of us can listen to it. It's inside all of us, and and I think that's my parting shot. It's okay to not be okay, and Mm. you'll be fine. That's perfect. What a great way to end this. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell people how to find you online? Yes, uh, for people who want to know more about my work and who are open to writing a book. I I am. There was a book inside me for the longest time that I can remember, Mariangela. I never got down to doing it. I am doing it thanks to COVID. Uh, hopefully, it will see light of day. Um, yeah. Um, I uh, Yeah. Um, it's happening, finally. It's uh, so exciting. Yes, I am very, very excited. And it will have nuggets of information the kind that we shared so people can read dip into it and dip out of it and keep coming back to it uh, and find comfort mm-hmm. and peace in it and hopefully that will help so that's the purpose but yes my website talks about my work in the healing and spiritual space um, it's www.manav m-a-n-a-v my first name K-H-A-N-N-A, my last name, manavkhanna.com. So that's www.manavkhanna.com. And for listeners of the podcast, if you know a way to reach Mariangela, you can reach out to her and she can point you to me as well. And I'll put the details in in the detail in the description. Excellent. Yeah. And I also want people to know that every Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Central Time, there's a small group uh, of, of uh, my friends who have known me for many, many years and we like to meet once a week and we meditate and I usually, um, you know, host a meditation session and we read a Zen story and, uh, you know, we talk about things like these every Thursday. You can find, again, more details on my website. So if you're interested and do join, it's free. I love that. That's such a great service. I might join that. I'm not much of a meditator, but I'm trying lately. So we'll see. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I won't say meditation. I'll, I'll use a better word. I'll say contemplation. So you can just. Yeah, I think that's sit, what works. For me, with, I've never been a silent mind, but I'm actually working on it. So baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you yeah, again for us. being here so much, my friend. It, it was a, it was just a blessing to have you here. It's a blessing to be with you, Mary Angela, always. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode and all the episodes. We hope you'll join and support us online in the Faces of Fortitude movement on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and you can find me personally on Twitter at Mariangela Abeo. If you'd like more information about the Faces movement or have an idea for a topic or person you'd like to see on the podcast, please email us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. 
Until next time, take care of yourselves and those around you. And by that, I mean, wash your fucking hands, wear a damn mask, defund the police, basically continue fighting for the rights of black lives everywhere, especially black trans lives, and do your part to abolish all forms of systemic racism. I'll see you next time.